What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Normally, I am your host, Jamie Arrington. However, I've been on vacation this week. I just got back. I got the recording from the studio. I had Jason Bailey fill in for me. And joining Jason in studio is a former Southern Miss football player. One of the best episodes that I've had, Car Shannon. So, Jason and Carr took the reins on this episode. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. But before we get to the episode itself, I've got a little bit of housekeeping. This weekend, we are announcing who the headliner is for the second annual Laughs for Life show at the Sanger in Hattiesburg. If you recall last year, if you've listened to the show uh, over the past year, if you're a longtime listener, last summer we had Frank Caliendo. The, the comedian that you've seen on ESPN, all that good stuff. Uh, Fox, I think he's on Fox now, or he's been on Fox and he's been on ESPN. But uh, Frank came to Hattiesburg. We had a packed house at the Sanger, raised over $124,000 to uh, cancer research causes. This year we're doing it again. My good friend Kent Oliver, uh, a, a gentleman who suffered from multiple myeloma, he's bringing it back. And we got another big name act coming to Hattiesburg. This show is going to be on August the 1st. That's a Tuesday at the Sanger in Hattiesburg. And who is the headliner this year? Who is our big celebrity headliner? Well, I'm going to let him tell you himself. Enjoy. Hey, Hattiesburg, Bill Engvall here. Man, I'm looking forward to get back there seeing a home of Brett Favre, Lisa's Barbecue, and the Southern Miss Golden Eagles on Tuesday, August 1st as part of the Laughs for Life. We're going to have a great night, share a lot of laughs, and raise some money for two incredible organizations, the International Myeloma Foundation and Cure Childhood Cancer. And tickets go on sale Friday, May 19th at www.laughsforlife.com. That's www, the word laughs, the number four, and then the word life.com. August 1st, I'll see you at the Sanger. That's right, folks. Bill Ingvall from the Blue Collar Comedy Tour will be in Hattiesburg August the 1st. Tickets go on sale this Friday. I'm sure we'll talk about it again on next week's show, but I just wanted to give you guys a little treat into uh, what was going to be happening with that. Really excited about that show and really excited to be bringing big-time comedy shows to the Hub City. Also, if you're in the Jackson area, if you're in the Metro Jackson area, I'm performing on Kevin Hart's show, uh, Heart of the City. They're having auditions in Jackson. Heart of the City to audition showcase this is going to take place at the hideaway in jackson that's just off of i-55 on saturday may the 20th tickets are ten dollars you can get them on eventbrite I've, i put them up on my website at jamieerrington.net if you're interested in coming out to that it's going to be a great night of comedy um you know a, a lot of the states some of the state's top comics are going to be there and four of them are going to go on to be on the show on Comedy Central. So come out, check out the lineup, whatever you're into. I think it's going to be a great time. I'm really excited about the opportunity. All right, so let's get to the show. I'm not going to get into too much Southern Miss stuff. I'm going to let them take the reins on that. We'll have, we'll have a great episode this coming week. We've got a lot to talk about. Oh, my gosh, a lot happened while I was out. So anyways, without any further ado. Oh, and keep this in mind. There was a little bit of a technical difficulty starting out the show. So the first segment and then a little piece of the, the second segment are out. But we got the rest of the show for you. It's, it's going to be 
you're going to enjoy it. If you're a Southern Miss fan, how could you not enjoy listening to these two jibber-jabber for 30 minutes straight? (laughs) So without any further ado, Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend Jason Bailey and former Southern Miss football star Car Shannon. Enjoy. If you listened to the episode last week, uh, Jamie had a bunch of guys in, and uh, he, well, he recorded some interviews. Um, He had interviews with Nick Mullins, Dylan Bradley, uh, Will Freeman, and Denarius Antoine. And they, you know, those are some of the guys that signed undrafted free agents and going to get a shot at the NFL next year. So, from playing football and from uh, from calling football games, I wanted to get your perspective on these guys because you know when I listened to the interviews, I got the sense that you know the 0 and 12 season that we had, the one that nobody wants to talk about, actually ended up helping in some way to shape these guys. Uh, as far you know, and each of them just owned the interview. Um, they all mentioned going through adversity. They're all excited about the opportunity in, in front of them, obviously. Um, but just you know, hearing how appreciative they are of the fans, uh, I for one just makes me just more proud to be a member of the Eagle Club, um, to buy season tickets. And uh, you know, I, I want to get your perspective on on all these guys. You know, we can um, we can start with with Nick Mullins and just run right through the list. Well, before we get there, when you talk about that. That 0 and 12 season. I mean, let, let's look at the bigger picture. When you talk about, they all talk mentioned going through adversity. You learn more from failure than you do from success, and I think each one of these kids will attest to that because, in their own way, they've all overcome some type of adversity while they've been here at Southern Miss. Um, you know, every one of these guys is just an impressive young man. I mean, you look at. Let's just look at Will Freeman, for example. He, mm-hmm. he was shifted around O-line, D-line. I mean, for goodness sake, the guy was, I mean, it's several battled through several injuries. Great kid. And I, I really think he has a tremendous upside. I mean, because he started out on the defensive line, you know, for a, I'm sure he will move over more than likely to the O-line. They'll try to add some weight to him. And because of his athleticism, that's what he is getting a shot at. Because he's got a big frame, um, if they have the ability, again, to put some size on him and with his athleticism be able to transition to play on the O-line, obviously he's a project, and his goal is to make the practice squad and to be on that developmental mm-hmm. um, roster for um, um, for the Falcons. You know, then you, you got just you know at the top of the board, Nick Mullins. You know, Nick signs with uh, with the 49ers, and I, I kind of got a kick out of this. I saw one of the 49ers beat writers says there's there's something in common with uh, Nick Mullins and Joe Montana. You know, the, the letters in the, the, the letters. That, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, I, Nick actually reminds me a lot of a guy that I played one year with and that went on to, to play a couple years in the league, and that's Jeff Kelly. Um, Nick's probably a little, little more athletic. Um but uh, when you smart leader, and that that's probably what got him the opportunity is is as much the intangibles mm-hmm. as, as as the production on the field, uh, what he can bring to a locker room, and a lot of times when, what what fans have to understand for a guy that's an, uh, that hold, that's going to hold a clipboard, um, you know, you've got to be intelligent because on the sidelines you're trying to help the starter. You know, if you they always cut to. Uh, uh, the sidelines when a quarterback comes off after a three and out or after a, a touchdown series, and they're going through the now they've got the um, I don't know the the pads 
mm-hmm. you know, on the right, sideline. Right, they're going right, through. Right, it used right, to be the, the the pictures. Now they're going through this, and all the quarterbacks are together. And they're going through different progressions and reads and formations, and ten, and they're thinking back to the tendencies they've learned throughout the film work. And the and that's a guy a guy like Nick Mullins can certainly be a huge asset to a team like the 49ers in that role, and then him being able to develop each and every day on and off the field. So I certainly believe Nick Mullins has a huge upside. Then you got a guy like Dylan Bradley. I mean, unbelievable motor. I mean, that's the thing that comes to mind when you think about Dylan Bradley uh, is a tireless worker, a hungry guy, uh, just an absolute leader. And then, you know, one of the things, Jason, he has the benefit of being with the Vikings is that Tom Johnson, a mm-hmm. former Golden Eagle, also a defensive lineman, is there to mentor him. You know, Tom uh, also started out – uh, was also an undrafted free agent, and Tom's had a very successful career in the NFL, signed a big contract a couple years back with Minnesota, and it's a true testament to his work ethic. So I believe Dylan has a huge upside, and a, and a lot of it stems from how bad that kid wants it, you know, each and every snap. And then you look at a guy like Cameron Tom. I mean, that that kid is – he is going to be successful in no matter what he does. I agree. Uh, because – if you read anything about him, if you know Cameron Tom, he is a, an extremely intelligent young man. Um, and the, that's a huge part of the center position on the O-line because you set all the – you know, you're, you're setting the front blocking schemes. And he's got a, a great opportunity with the Saints because uh, I believe I read this just a day or two ago that their starting center, uh, Max Unger, will be out most likely for Goodness. the uh, for the regular season um opener for the Saints. So I think Cameron's got a huge upside. Um, it's great for that young man, too. He's from Baton Rouge, so he's a local kid, being able to, to, to play in the Dome. I mean, that, that's got to be a dream come true for a, for a kid like that, and, and you just wish the best for him. And then lastly, Daenerys Antoine is a guy that will just bring the lumber. I mean, he will bring it. He's an aggressive playmaker, and you know he has the ability to make his mark in the kicking game. And that's most like, and probably as a nickel down guy, you know. As, and but the way the schemes are now, I mean, those guys can be playing on first down um, if the personnel dictates it from the offensive side of the ball um, to have five DBs in the game, which a lot of times it does. So, Daenerys Antoine is an opportunity to make it uh, both in the kicking game and then as as, as a nickel guy, um, and again, a very aggressive a playmaker during his time here at Southern Miss, and I think. Each and every one of these uh, young men can look back on their time at Southern Miss, and, and you mentioned the adversity and the things that they've learned from them. They, they truly represent what this football team and this program is all about, and, and that's um, the, the intangibles, the overcoming adversity, and, and that's really what Golden Eagle football is all about. Yeah, well, you know, you mentioned something there, the, the failure versus success. And, you know, I know we keep, you know, going back to uh, to what these guys learned and maybe they learned a lot more than they thought they learned uh, from that from that 0-12 season. But, you know, on the flip side, a lot of the other guys they'll be competing against, guys that are drafted really high, they never went through any of that adversity. So, you know, in your mind, you know, what's going through those players' minds when they, they've always been the best player? All these guys have always been the best player if you ever get a shot to go to the NFL. But, you know, these guys that, that went to the USC's, went to the Alabama's, that went to, you know, well, well heck, Southern Miss for the longest time until that happened. Uh, guys, they, they've, they've pro- they probably won all their high school championships. And then all of a sudden, they get drafted. If you get drafted really high, you got drafted really high because you are going to a pretty poor team, <laughs> you know? So all of a sudden, they're going to have – 
uh, adversity to deal with. You look at Peyton Manning when he signed with the Colts. You look at way back to Troy Aikman. You got, you know. It's expectations mm-hmm. and, and what follows those expectations. Each one of these kids, there are really, there's really no expectations for them to come in and necessarily make the team. And there's something to be said when you're just you got nothing to lose and you can just cut loose and play, and you're not playing, you're not playing tight because you, you got nothing to lose, right? And again, it goes back to expectations. These guys are not drafted, so they, listen, if they don't perform day in and day out, they go home, mm-hmm. and they they know that, so therefore they've got to bring it each and every day. So there's something to be said for that. There's, I mean, each of these guys signed contracts that were minimal amounts of money, relatively speaking. Mm-hmm. And uh, and in in terms, in order for them to stick around, they know they have to perform each time they step on the field, and essentially also in the meeting room. Yeah, and look no further than last year with with Jalen Richard, not even an undrafted free agent. You know, went to a, a tryout, worked his way on. I think like a three day tryout. Mm-hmm. Worked his way on, made it through that, made it all. You know, and heck, he's a. Uh, you know, he, he, who knows? This guy might be like a perennial Pro Bowler when it's all said and done. And, and I, I, I honestly, I didn't think he was the best back that we had on our team his senior year. And again, great kid, found his niche mm-hmm. as a kick returner, and then it, his role just expanded from there. How important is it for these guys to end up in a situation where that niche will be created? You know, kind of like, you know, look at Austin Davis. I think Austin can still play. Austin's been running for his life every snap he's ever taken in the NFL. Um, so, but for these other guys, as far as like filling needs, you know, you mentioned Cam Tom and the Saints situation with the center. Um, but all these guys, I, I, I can see Nick Mullins in a 49er uniform right now. Um, but, you know, just, just as far as what, what exactly, you know, do you think that uh, as far as just filling needs? Well, a lot of times it's actually better to be an undrafted free agent than the seventh or sixth round choice. Mm-hmm. I agree. Because then you get the opportunity to select – the best opportunity for you. Mm-hmm. Because many of these guys, I'm sure Cameron Tom had multiple opportunities to sign. It was probably three or four teams. And he and his agent looked at those four teams and said, hey, the place where there's the least amount of depth and the, the best chance you have for making a squad is right there in your backyard in New Orleans. Same thing could be said probably for Nick Mullins. Looking at the quarterback situation, a little unsettled. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're going to go take our chances in San Francisco. So I, I really believe it. You know, in, in the free agent, it's better for these guys to not be drafted because then they can choose the best option for them as mm-hmm. opposed to being a a seventh round choice. And there's really no there's no choice there. You know, they're stuck there. So and it may not necessarily be the best fit for them. Yeah, you know, and I also uh, I saw where where um, Jalen Rashard had already tweeted out. To Nick Mullen saying, "Hey, you know, I'll I'll take you to dinner <laughs> as soon as you get out here." So it's just fun to see that Golden Eagle love just kind of being spread. And we need more guys in the league. Honestly, we went through, through a lull there where they're just you know I love watching the red zone on Sunday where it flips around all the games. I love doing that, and I love being able to just kind of brag to my other friends who maybe aren't the biggest Southern Miss fans, like, "Hey, saw this guy play. Hey, saw that guy play." You know, it it does it does wonders for the program. Does wonders for recruiting. Uh, I think it helps, you know, to energize the fan base. Um, so that will increase. That mm-hmm. will increase as, be, and that goes all the way back to high school recruiting. And as we get better and get back to our roots and improve our recruiting under Jay Hop, which he is certainly doing, having guys play on Sunday that were that were big time playmakers here at the Rock, that will continue to happen. And you see, you know, five guys get signed this year. It will continue to happen that way. 
and you know these guys all came in obviously under uh, Munkin or mm-hmm. and under and then, shall we say Eloss <laughs> under Ellis <laughs> Johnson know. under Ellis Johnson. Let's... But the, the recruiting is that's how this starts, and then obviously a staff like what Coach Hop has assembled, being able to develop them at. Coach Munkin had that developed these guys because that's a huge part of it. Just because you sign as a high school guy and you're four stars, that doesn't mean anything. You have right. to develop it and own it. And that's something that our coaching staff here does a phenomenal job of. Absolutely. I could not agree more. Um, we're going to break. Tell you what, when we come back, um, we've talked about football. We're going to get into baseball a little bit more. These baseball, these Eagles are rolling, you guys. Got a big series coming up this weekend. Come right back. News Radio 981. And we're back. Welcome to the Top Top. My name is Jason Bailey. Alongside me, sitting in the co-pilot's chair, is Car Shannon. We've been talking Southern Miss football. We've been talking the uh, the guys that just got drafted. Well, not nobody got drafted, but we've talked to the guys that are going on to the NFL and going to try to make their mark there. Try to try to make the squad. I tell you what, Car, the big thing these days, Southern Miss baseball. You know, have you been out to the Pete? Rolling. Yeah. Boys are rolling. I'm so, so proud of them. Um, we have one of the best records in the country right now. We're, we've got a three-game lead in Conference USA. Our RPIs in the top 20 mm-hmm. uh, in basically every poll, Baseball America, D1 Baseball, the coaches poll. We're, we're right around you know top 15 to top 20 the last several weeks. So it, the program is rolling. And – it is fun to watch. I mean, we have put together some really, really fun games here recently. Uh, no better example of that than, the, than you know, this past weekend versus Ford Atlantic as those boys came in here, as the Owls came in, and a battle of first place versus second place. And, you know, they certainly walked out of here with their heads between, the, you know, their tails between their legs, as they say, and, and uh, with uh, three straight losses. And, yeah. And, and the way they lost, too, is amazing. I mean – you know, Friday night, you know, they're a little bit of a, a concern because, um, you know, one of my favorites, Kirk McCarty. Um, yeah, that was who, a huge question a, mark going into the, yeah, into the a, weekend for sure. Yeah, he was a great kid and I, who I spent a ton of time with in high school working with him and, and training with him. And, and, you know, Kirk had a little bit of a, uh, a, you know, a little bit of a scare with his, uh, with his pitching hand with that golden left arm of his. When we were in the road, uh, excuse me, on the road in Murfreesboro, Middle Tennessee, gets taken out after one inning. Uh, you know, MRI is negative. You know, they push his start back a day to Saturday, so a um, little bit of a concern there. Colt Smith just steps up and just shoves. You right. know, goes seven innings, two hits, zero earned runs. I mean, you talk about a guy steps up on a Friday night and owns it, and just for you know to get his you know first Friday night start, he comes in and gets, and he's a conference pitcher of the week, right? <laughs> and then you get, you know, Birdo comes in and has just been on an absolute tear lately. I think Munsley had a great article about him in the Heisberg American uh, yesterday. And he had six RBIs on Friday night. Uh, Matthew Gidry, another uh, great Oak Grove product. It was a great story. I mean, Gidge is a, is a redshirt freshman this year. And 
Uh, you know, red shirts last year, and a lot of people didn't know this. There was some thought about converting him to a catcher. Actually, hmm. um, they were working at that just because he's a left-handed hitter, and you know, left-handed hitting catchers they don't they don't come around. The, you know, they're just very attractive, uh, very very attractive, yeah, especially right. at the next level too. So, mm-hmm. you know, there was some talk about trying to make Matthew a catcher and 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 where he was going to fit defensively because he could always swing it and. And I, I know he was trying to find his place going into this year. And, you know, whether that be on left field, you know, or where in the infield and has to kind of wait his turn and then all of a sudden has just taken his opportunities and run with it. And, and kudos to that young man for, for having patience. And, you know, we kind of go back to the last segment about, you know, you learn more from failure. And, that, and that's something that Matthew has done in his short time. But he is – you can just see that and. And how he's grown as a hitter, and what he's doing, and how the time he's put in with with uh, Coach Kaye, and and how those two have really come together and, and formed a, a great approach at the plate. And, and uh, Matthew's st- statistics have really has shown that as he is um, doesn't have as many plate appearances, but is currently leading the team and hitting three sixty eight. And he goes in Friday night, has three knocks, and again Bird has three knocks, six RBIs, and Colt Smith shove. Then you go to Saturday's game. You know the Golden Eagles win six to five, down again, and as old Coxie would say, Pete Taylor Park magic. Yeah, I've I've got a I've got a quick story about that. So I'm in the right field roost, sitting out there with Todd Maddox, John Smith, um, Will Taylor, the whole bunch, Mr. Rick. Yeah. Um, so we're sitting out there, and I was really tired all game. I have an eight month old. <laughs> okay, so you know I got to go to the game, um, and uh, so anyway. I'm getting kind of sluggish, but there, there's two outs in the ninth. I, st- I get up. I start packing up my chair, get my cooler. Everybody's looking at me like, hey, man, what are you doing? You know, the game's not even over. I said, look, we are going to get this hit right now because I've gotten up. That's how it's going to go down. Next thing you know, Irby has the, Irby has the hit to tie it up. So then I walk over to the wings. I said, and now I will eat a rally wing for the win. Two pitches later. The rest is history. That's Pete Taylor Park Magic. It's got to be Pete Taylor Park Magic. Which, I think, probably, which, by the way, the new shirts that we got coming out, the hot dog shirts. Have you seen those? Yes, I saw those today. Can't wait. I don't know who's making them, but that's they're going to sell oh, a ton goodness. of those. Yeah, They are going to sell a ton. And, and again, it, it, it was Pete Taylor Park Magic Saturday. You know, you get – and it's crazy, too, to win on a, a, a wild pitch pass ball. Mm-hmm. And we've done it several times in the last two years. So it, it, to see that happen repeatedly, really, I mean, in such a big game is uh, is crazy. And then, again, I mentioned Kirk being pushed back a day and the concern there, and he goes out and shoves. Six innings pitched, gives up two hits, doesn't, no earned runs. Yeah, ho-hum. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Just, business as usual for uh, yeah. for Kirk. And Here then, if you need me. Yeah, the, the tough part was is that, that Nick Salen did have a rough weekend. He really struggled both Saturday yeah. and Sunday. But I, I have full – uh, faith in that young man, and he and Coach Fed are going to right the ship. And uh, that guy's been in some pressure situations um, going back to last year as a true freshman, and there's no doubt he will figure it out and be back on the bump this uh, this Saturday for the Golden Eagles and and, and figure it out and just shoving and, um, and, and doing what he does, and that's shutting down rallies. And that's what he has done ever since he stepped foot on this campus. And, and he and Coach Fed have an unbelievable relationship in the way that they've developed uh, during his – uh, two seasons here, and and um, and I, I have full confidence in, in that Nick will will rebound from this tough weekend. That's just baseball, you know, yeah. what, better than me. And that's just baseball, and that's just how it happens. And you know, but to win on that wild pitch, probably due to the fact that you packed up your gear and ate the the rally you're, wing. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> 
There's no <laughs> doubt. I, I'm sure Coach Barry's going to send you a T-shirt as well as a thank you note. And then you moved to Sunday's game, and I, I was there for that one. I missed um, Friday night and Saturdays due to uh, uh, we were my son was playing with Oak Grove, was playing in the playoffs, beating Biloxi. And so we go to sun, uh, Sunday's game, and Taylor was unbelievable. Again, let me just give it another Oak Grove product. Right. Another. Uh, it sounds like you're beating the dead horse. But yeah, it's, it's, another it's, great yeah. Uh, performance as, as he really went out there. And to me, I, he was lights out. It was as good as I've seen him pitch on the mound since he pitched in the state championship I, as a senior. So glad you mentioned that. I was at both of those games. He was, I think, in the seventh inning. I was sitting with Coach McCardle and my son and, we were, and uh, a couple other people. And he was 95 in the seventh. I mean, right. just shoving it. Blowing Ched, and he was really on fire. Goes out, try to get the complete game, faces three, four, five in the lineup, and um, I guess, or maybe it was two, three, four. Anyway, gives up back to back bombs. Mm-hmm. And it's just tough to watch because he had been so good for eight innings and had given up two hits and, and then gives up the two bombs. And then all of a sudden, Eagles are down four to two. And you know, we get to the 11th, you know, they give up the two runs. And then all of a sudden it just, again, with two outs, it comes through again. Uh, Tracy Halley, LaMarcus, Boy, you know, Birdo all show up. Walner had the, the, you know, the bomb. But, you know, I, I think it's really listening to the post game. You talked, you talked about, you hear, um, you hear uh, Lebo talking about, hey, I'm going to get on, I'm going to get on second, just knock me in. And sure enough, Berto does it and comes through, and the place just goes nuts. And then, hot dog, how about that? Berto knows. He does. He just does. Back after this. News Radio 98.1. It was 1989. My thoughts were short. My hair was long. Caught somewhere between it. Welcome back to To The Top Talk. Got two tickets to paradise, Eddie Money. <laughs> so, on the show today, I'm sitting with my good buddy, Car Shannon. Um, we've been talking baseball. That last segment, we spent a lot on baseball, and I want to finish up that real quick and get to the questions with Carr. Um, you know, this team's also, obviously, you know, they have to have great chemistry. You can only explain it one way. If you keep having these come-from-behind victories, you know, a lot of it has to do with... Uh, I mean, we keep talking, calling it Pete Taylor Park Magic, but there's such a great atmosphere out there. It's got to play a part in some way. Um, everybody, I think all the other teams love playing here too. I remember that video that was circulating around with Old Dominion players. Yeah, it was just you know, where do you like to play the most? Southern Miss, Southern Miss, Southern Miss, Rice, Southern Miss, Southern Miss. So there's something to it. Um, but you know, just leaning on that chemistry thing, just real quick. You know, how can you identify what makes a team appear to have you know that that chemistry, that closeness? Like, what goes into that? Is that is anything, have you ever played on any teams that develop that sort of chemistry? Well, I, yeah, absolutely. I'll touch on that in a second. But, but going back f- with this team in particular, you mm-hmm. just watch them. And what stands out to me is a, is, is a couple things. One, it looks like they have fun. Mm-hmm. I, I think that there's something to be said, man. When you're having fun and you enjoy the time you spend with your teammates, that says a lot. And if you watch these guys as they're on the field, off the field, they truly enjoy the company of their teammates. Right. I so, think that is part of it. I, I don't mean to say that is part of it. And then you look at some guys like Birdo, mm-hmm. Braley, Kirk McCarty, um, you know, 
those are the. I think that's kind of the the cornerstone of this this foundation yep. of this team. Yep. And then you've had some huge pieces that have been plugged in here, like a Matt Walner as a freshman. That's just a f- freshman All American. That is just you know, phenomenal. Phenomenal. That's the only. I mean, he's a godsend. All he looks from, like, he looks like a Minnesota. major leaguer sitting out there in center field. He will be a first round draft pick in two years. Right. I mean, there's no doubt about that. In the 2019 draft, he will be a first rounder. And he has that ability right now. I've heard cross checkers talk about that already. You know, scouts and cross checkers already say that, you know, we take this guy in the first round right now. Yeah. And, you know, he is a godsend that he ended up down here. And, and, and again, there, there's some, that's a great story from Coach Kai that, that how he ended up here. But, uh, and th- those connections to how he got here ended up, you know, going back to the days all the way when he and Coach Fed were at Meridian Community College. But, you know, you go back to the chemistry thing. And again, th- th- they enjoy each other, they have fun. But, I look, you know, again, Birdo, Braley, Kurt McCarty, and there's a few others, but knowing those kids, what they bring to the table is a competitive desire that they will not be denied and they want to win. And that says a lot, and that sets the tone for this team. And, you know, I I think that it has a lot to do with, you know, Birdo's a former football player. You know, came from West Monroe High School. The kid had opportunities to play collegially at football. I know several years ago when we were down, um, you know, in depth with the linebackers on the on the uh, on the football team. You know, there was some comment made in the uh, football staff room. The best linebacker on uh, the campus was actually across the, playing baseball at the Pete, and that's mm-hmm. Dylan Burdeau. I mean, the guy was exactly. an unbelievable career at West Monroe. If you know anything about uh, Louisiana high school football, that is a perennial powerhouse. That Dylan played for, and you look at at what Kirk and, and Taylor did um, on the football field, and th- those guys have brought that type of competitiveness to this team, and I think that has a lot to do with it. And they set the tone for how this team plays day in and day out. So here's the deal: every time Southern Miss kind of you know gets the ball rolling, whether it's football, baseball, whatever, somebody always seems to be our nemesis. And it's been UAB more times than not. So here we are talking about it. We're getting a lot of national pub. And who do we have this weekend? UAB. Okay, followed by UTSA. Um, we really got to, you know, just shake that bugaboo of, of UAB. Um, and by the way, thanks to my good buddy Ben Luther, who actually just tweeted me that question. Thanks for listening, Ben. Um, so after, uh, and, 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 you know, you look at UAB also, UAB just beat Auburn last night. I know it was a midweek game, but if there's anything to kind of light a fire under those guys, that's probably it. Um, running through the polls real quick. Uh, Baseball America, we're at number 19. D1 Baseball, 22. USA Today Coaches Poll, 21. The NCBWA, 22. Perfect Game, 22. And Collegiate Baseball, 21. After that, the conference tournament's going to be in Biloxi. I'm really looking forward to it. I'd love to have it at the Pete. It was really fun last year. I thoroughly enjoyed it. But MGM Park, I mean, what a cool little place to play baseball. It's a phenomenal venue. If if you haven't had a chance to get down there to watch a game for the Shuckers, go down there and check that out. If not, hey, hold off until uh, two weeks from now till the conference tournament. It's going to be a great venue. Tim Bennett does a great job of um, – he has helped put that uh, that stadium together and brought the Shuckers from Huntsville, Alabama, brought the Shuckers to Biloxi. And that's just a great venue. And I think everybody down there – um, is really looking forward to hosting that venue. They've got a lot of stuff prepared. It, and as you mentioned, I think it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful uh, event and going to be very well received down there. It's in, you know, it's, there's not a bad seat in the house. 
And so it, it's an opportunity for it to be right there in our backyard to, uh, to go catch a lot of baseball. And I think we have a, another great shot of winning the whole thing, which would go a long way to us hosting a regional. Uh, right. you know, we have one of the best records in the country right now, a top 20 RPI. And if we have the ability to not only win the regular season, but go in and capture the Conference USA Championship – uh, down there in MGM Park, I think that would go a long way toward our resume to putting to hosting a regional. I know we're going to put in a bid, but that will certainly go a long way towards um, our resume to to, uh, to host a regional. I agree, and and you know, obviously the coast can be a big draw too. Hey, Hattiesburg's a pretty big draw. The coast is a bigger draw. Come to the casinos, go to the sandbar, go to the filling station. Go to all these places. Come, just take over Biloxi Conference USA fans. Back in a minute for the uh, final segment here on uh, 981. And we're back on To The Top Talk for this final segment. I wanted to get to these questions with Carl. We don't have a ton of time. Car is dancing in the studio right now. Easy, big fella. All right, so USM Equipment Equipment tweeted out that the uh, black and gold jersey from 1997 jerseys will make an appearance. Any memories from that jersey? Absolutely. Got to hang it in the closet. A lot of memories. I saw that uh, Lee Roberts sent that uh, link to me yesterday, and uh, that Big Pat had put out the – the uh, the retro jerseys we'll call them uh, from '97. I, I and I'm a big fan. Sorry, I love the Vegas gold. Mm-hmm. I love it. Absolutely love yeah. those unis. And uh, I'm so excited that Patrick is doing that uh, for that game. And I think it's going to be the uh, North Texas game, if I remember correctly. That they're that uh, that will be all back and and awesome. have that reunion. And uh, as I'm I'm kind of double checking this. Yeah, Southern Miss versus North Texas on September 30th. But we are going to have a huge party for that. Uh, so it's going to be a great time. And I'm, I'm so excited that uh, that uh, we're all going to come back. And, and I've talked to Coach Thompson. So JT's coming back. Talked to Coach Womack. I mean, we're going to have a, a crew. And all, all the guys are coming. And let me say one final thing. I, I saw a couple of posts after that, after Patrick tweeted that out. And one was uh, a questioning the 97 team versus the 2011 team. Not a, not a chance. Uh-oh. Not a chance. Uh-oh. Jonathan Gary, I saw that. Not a chance, brother. <laughs> not a, that, that defense is too filthy, my man. Too filthy. And, uh, you know, guys will be coming from everywhere knocking uh, Austin Davis around. He wouldn't even made it out of the second quarter. So I'm just <laughs> telling you that right now. Lee Robb and Sherrod Gideon and, and Pink, I mean, it's just too much, my tough, man. Tough to argue with. And, sure. uh, yeah, and, and so – and I'm going to tell you the difference between 97-2011, physical. Physical. Let's get physical. Physical, physical team. Living Newton John. And and now uh, three complete phases of football. Offense, defense, special team. That's the difference between if you had to put the two teams together. And hey, not only that, we could tackle. How fast can you run the forty right now? <laughs> uh, that's a very good question. I I do not know that. So, uh, people ask that all the time, but uh, I, I have no idea. Fa- I, I can still pick them up, put them down for an old man. Over under six and a half wins for this year's USM football team. I'm going to have to say over. Um, I'm concerned about the quarterback position, much like every other fan. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to say over simply because I'm trying to be optimistic. I want to be a positive guy, and I, I support Coach Hop. And uh, I'm a big fan of his and his staff and what they're doing. So I'm going to say over because I want to be positive. 
Who's the best player you've ever seen wear a USM uniform? Ooh, that's a tough call. Quick, um, quick, quick. Probably I'd have to say Adelius because that guy was just a freak. What um, about DeAndre Brown? Uncoverable. Uncoverable. Adelius um, is strong. I, I, guess, strong I don't argument. know. I, I just I'm, have to be disappointed when it comes to DeAndre. Honestly, I mean, that much God-given ability and just did yeah. not fulfill what he should have. So I'll have fair to enough. say probably Adelius. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, you guys, uh, real quick, um, hey, this this uh, Jamie's got a note here. This To the Top Talk has now been listened to in 18 different countries, 39 different states. Um, Jamie has upcoming comedy shows. Uh, 617 is going to be uh, Hub City Comedy's seventh anniversary show at Brewski's. You guys come out to these shows. It's um, Jamie does a really good thing with his Hub City Comedy, bringing world-class talent to the area. I want to give a special thanks to my guest today, Car Shannon. Thanks, buddy. We made it. And we had a ton of stuff left. <laughs> we'll do it again sometime soon. <laughs> also, thanks to Lanny Mixon, of course, Jamie Harrington. Um, you guys uh, come on back next week. Jamie will be back in the saddle. Uh, this may or may not get put up on podcast because I am not sure if I did it right. We'll see you next time here on 98.1.